Welcome to Cybersecurity Business. I'm your host, Kevin Poucher, COO of KLogix. In our podcast, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice on the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security program. Today, we're joined by one of our very own experts, Ryan Spellman, who's the managing director of our consulting team here at KLogix. Ryan joined us last month from Kroll, where he was senior vice president, and prior to that, he was senior director at the Center for Internet Security. He has a long history in cybersecurity advising, and he's here to provide important insights, which he's learned over the course of his career. In this episode, we will be discussing the hot topic of digital supply chain risk management. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, happy to be here. Awesome to have one of our own finally on this. It's great. So let's kick it off by framing the topic, digital supply chain risk management. So want to make sure that um want to make sure that everybody understands what that means to you. So if you could talk about that and and frame the discussion, that'd be really helpful. Sure. And it's a big topic. A lot of people are talking about it. It's it's kind of one of those buzzy words that are out there. Um, but digital supply chain risk management to me really comes into sort of there are three lenses we can frame this around. The first being the prototypical third party cyber risk, right? Thinking about our partners, who we share data with, who we give access to, uh, and making sure that they are as secure as we need them to be. Uh, the term has evolved now a little bit over the last couple of years to kind of include the concept of securing the software that we use, right? Your digital supply, your digital software that you use inside your organization, or perhaps that's shared through a cloud application. Um, because we're realizing that most software is actually an amalgam of other software put on top of it, you know, other programs, open source libraries. So understanding the nature of that software and, and the, the build it has is another lens. And finally, you know, due to COVID and just general, you know, growth of technology, we're recognizing that we have a very strong digital connectedness in our supply chain and understanding the digital risks along the supply chain is also part of this larger lens. So to kind of wrap them all together, it's it's really understanding other organizations impact on your organization, but you can look at it through a couple of different ways. Okay. So is this an issue that you think is on the rise? Is it emerging how big is the problem and in, in, in how long has it been around? Is this a new problem? It's not a new problem. I mean, it's definitely getting new focus, uh, right? And we can talk about a little of the history here. So the, probably the, the biggest example that a lot of people are familiar with in terms of that third-party risk is the target breach, right? Which everybody talks about other HVAC system to compromise or HVAC supplier. Uh, people say the compromise of the system, but really it was just the supplier having elevated access to systems. Um, so that's like the first one we talk about, but there's been other ones, right? Solar Winds, a really good example of a supplier, a third party, a digital software component being compromised and having really, you know, stupendous, uh, impact on our federal government, our agencies, our industry, uh, when that supplier of a product was impacted. Uh, but we even just see it in terms of just like last month, you know, Toyota had a shutdown production because one of their key suppliers, we believe, had a suspected cyber attack. Um, so all you know, their factories had a shutdown as a key supplier dealt with this issue. So this is something that's been going on for quite some time in various forms. I mean, it's as old as risk as this, right? The exist risk of third parties. But it's certainly becoming much more to the fore. Uh, because of recent events uh, in the last couple of years uh, that have really drawn attention to how connected we are to other organizations digitally. So that to me, if I'm hearing you correctly, is making this 
seem like it's a board level issue. And I, I thought I recall you telling me at one point that you have brief boards on this topic. So talk about that a little bit. Do most organizations boards care about this and, and, and why do they care? Why is it so important? It's rapidly becoming more of a board issue for a couple of reasons. Um, managing third parties is, is getting interested, inter, integrated into regulation, uh, but the headlines are driving the focus here. And yes, I've, I've briefed boards on this issue. Um, and, and one of the things about that presentation is that, you know, for many of them, this is becoming a very uncomfortable recognition on how big the problem is and how little dedicated focus they have on it. Um, there are, are more organizations who are not doing a great job on third party and digital supply chain risk than are doing a good job. And as you go further into enterprise size, the problem actually has a, it doesn't increase, you know, geometrically, it, it increases logarithmically almost, right? You're, you're, the more vendors and suppliers and tools and resources you have, the more diligence, the more responsibility you have to assess these parties, the harder the challenge is. So boards are, recognizing this and oftentimes not being very comfortable with what they find when they start asking questions around the posture they're in. So does that mean, and you may not know this answer, that uh, programs like this are being funded, have funding? Is it more discretionary funding once the board gets wind of, of the importance? There's a lot of strategies being in play, put in place here that I think are reflective of the expertise of the cybersecurity professionals running it, right? So historically, third-party risk has been, and I, I say this somewhat whimsically, has been in the basement of the operation. Hmm. Nobody likes to work on it. It's a lot of paperwork, phone calls, you know, reaching out to people. It's seen as a just a blocker to the business, and therefore it doesn't get the respect that it potentially deserves. Uh, and now it's coming to the fore, and people are either investing heavily in those programs or taking a bit of a different approach. Let's go back to those lenses, right? You know, I may not be able to really manage my third parties, but if I can better understand the applications that my data sits in, then maybe that's my focus area. So some more advanced cybersecurity strategists are saying, let me just focus in on the, the digital tools I use and that I authorize my employees to use because those are hubs I can control and provide greater uh, visibility through either application testing, um, review of code, bill, bill of materials requirements, uh, where we ask, you know, hey, what do you built into the software? Understanding the secure coding practices that have been involved, trying to catch that big concentrated risk around big pots of data that might be used. That's another strategy organizations do. Similarly with our supply chain, right? Who are my key suppliers? Let me spend the time and money to understand those key pockets of risk and triage the rest to a future problem. So there's a lot of different strategies at play here. Um, and it's something that, you know, they're starting to put more money into. And I actually see more resources going this way as regulations start driving attention, but it's definitely underfunded compared to other activities that cybersecurity organizations are doing within enterprise. So you mentioned a lot, but to get, I guess, let's to get tactical for a moment. Um, let's say we have an organization that's a little bit more immature, that's just starting to build a program around this. What is a great way to spot some potential early warning signs of vulnerabilities within their digital supply chain? That's a great question. And this is something that I'm you know, very passionate about is helping organizations start that process. And honestly, it starts with asking questions. You know, people blindly sign contracts, people accept different things. You need to ask questions of any application, partner, supplier, and ask questions about their cybersecurity posture. Ask questions about their development lifecycle. 
ask questions about the tools, technologies that they use, and then just let them talk to you, right? They're going to give you some standard documentation. They're going to give you stuff that you know, maybe they have a SOC 2, which is great, or an ISO certificate, which is great. Or maybe they, they're going to give you a bunch of really glo nice, glossy PDFs with pictures of their team with a computer with lots of zeros and ones flying by. I mean, whatever they're going to give you. Start by asking the questions so you can start to see who is willing to answer those questions, hmm. understand how they answer those questions, and does the answers align with your expectations of where they need to be? Um, you know, the... Uh, landscape company, I'm going to have a very low bar for the security needs they have. But I actually might ask more questions about the, the housekeeping services that come into my office after hours. I may have specific questions on the employee background. I may have a lot of questions on the app development company that has outsourced uh, some of their support to Eastern Europe, right? There's there's a lot of things that as you ask questions, it'll mm -hmm. unravel. And then you just put the alignment on things internally that you have to understand. But it all starts with asking questions of your third parties and asking questions of yourself about what is meeting or not meeting your expectations. So conversely, what about an organization that thinks, I'll put thinks in air quotes, that thinks they're doing a good job and might be a little bit more mature? Is there a way like, to assess your business to see if that's the case? Are there specific maybe frameworks that people are following or should be following? Sure. Um, so unfortunately, there's not really a good third-party risk framework that's widely accepted. I mean, there's a lot of guidances in NIST. CIS has published uh, some controls around managing suppliers. Um, there's, you know, the standards that you find on the other documentation to, to draw from. Uh, but ultimately, that enterprise framework is the structure around which you're, you're looking at the the people giving information, right? So how do you think about what they do? How do you think about their um, their feed of answers? Now, when you said great, right? Like, what is great? What is a great job? In my experience assessing third-party programs from, from Fortune 100 down, right? There's really just kind of four criteria I'm looking for. Do they know how many third parties the organization has? If they can answer that question to me within give or take 10, right? You know, or 1%, right? things change all the time. I feel really good. If they can tell me how many applications they're using, I feel even better, right? Great. You've got all these third parties you share data with because you've got contracts and you've all these applications you work with that are maybe managed by a third party or maybe managed internally. But if they've got those inventories, I'm really feeling good about who I'm talking to. And then when they say, and we have made a decision on the risk of sharing data with all of them, right? We have a thought process by what data we share. We, we have, we've either accepted a risk or we've, um, you know, made them re make remediations or re and, and change things. I'm feeling even better. And then if they can show me that list and how often they check it, then I'm planning my lunch with them, right? Let's go get lunch. Let's talk about other stuff, right? Because you're in a really good spot. But the number of organizations I've met who can do that for either their entire organization is I think I, I, I could count on one hand and I'd probably still be able to snap my fingers. Hmm. So from your perspective, I mean, there are clearly some products out there that can play some sort of factor in maturing and building a program. It also sounds like largely a consulting effort to help sort of with that internal process. What What's your view of of sort of product versus consulting here? So you're absolutely right. There is a people process on this. There is a technology enablement process, right? You can't do 5,000 entities um, mm -mm. by people. It just doesn't work. Right. Um, so you need tooling. And there's some great tools out there. 
um, you know, Spears scorecard, BitSight, Risk Recon, they're all looking at the, you know, World Wide Web and identifying the external digital footprint of entities. Mm -hmm. What is your digital address look like? And I, I used to compare those tools to driving by the house uh, and getting a sense of what the value of the house is just by the drive by. Hey, does the front look good? Does the yard look well kept? Are the trees too close? Does it have, you know, nice, nice, um, you know, nice siding? It's not going to tell you the inside, right? They may have, you know, really beat up siding, but when you go in, they've completely renovated the kitchen, right? They've completely renovated everything. But it's going to give you a hint on how they are, right? So that's a great way to act. I always tell clients, that's a great way to act as a seed to say, which of my 5,000 do I need to care about? In mm -hmm. the absence of any other internal risk discussion, these are things that will help me figure out where I need to put my time and energy. And then you can leverage questionnaires, right? Um, you could use uh, CyberGRX or, you know, other resources that are out there, consulting services to put together a good questionnaire to ask questions. You know, so we, we, in our industry, there's vendor questionnaires all the time. They should be well thought out. They don't have to be a bajillion questions. You know, you can get a lot of the same results at a 20 question survey as you can with a hundred question survey, if you're thoughtful with the questions and you align them to, you know, the risks that you need to manage and the internal structures that they, they adhere to, you know, to my example earlier, you know, you want to make sure the questions are scoped appropriately to the entity. And that's where good consulting services, good, good, good um, professional teams internally can kind of guide uh, because you also don't want to be a blocker to the business, right? The tools are wonderful because they help you identify some, some signal in the noise um, and then you can use your professional services or consulting or internal team services to start sussing out and finding if there are challenges. And sometimes just importantly, working with the business unit, you know, the business unit wants to sign this vendor. They picked that vendor for a reason. They picked that application for a reason. They've done a lot of diligence into why that's going to help them get to their mission and, and solve the problem. We need to listen always about that and try to weigh out the benefits versus the challenges. And we don't want to hinder that transaction more than we need to. But we do have to make sure everybody's aware that, you know, just because they they smile nice, they give a good price and they have the right package doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to be protecting information just the same way that we as an organization are contractually or regulatorily obligated to do so. Right. And, and you make a good point. Third party vendor questionnaires are so prevalent now. I mean, we, I feel it, it's rare that we will do a, a master service agreement with a new customer without having to fill out a vendor questionnaire. It's almost table stakes today. This wasn't the case three to five years ago, mm -hmm. which makes me think, okay, so what's next? How do you think this, this, this program area, this issue is going to change over the next two to three or five years? Great question. Um, I think that you're going to see first off in the marketplace, a, a sort of improvement on tooling, right? The, the external only facing tools are getting better and better, building better Intel feeds, better AI analysis so that, you know, they can discount potential uh, false positives, right? You know, outdated certificates are, are excused because the, the system can see that that's a legacy web application, right? That's not even in scope. That's an old domain. That's a misspelling. The, the, they can identify those things and, and push it aside. Um, where we're going to probably see a drive over time is there is probably going to be a move to some sort of unified questionnaire structure, um, whether that is uh, the SIG, whether that is driven by SEC requirements, whether that's driven from, you know, uh, something that 
is tied to NIST, maybe down the road, um, you're going to start seeing a drive towards some sort of more, whole, you know, enter, you know, shareable, standardized template. And there are some by industry that exist today, um, you know, uh, A50DQ and others. So I think you're going to see more of that. The challenge is, is that the, much like anything else, it's relationship driven, that third party. So it's really hard to say a standard form will solve it. What you'll start to see, though, is more organizations banking off of almost like a referral. So, well, I work with this company and this is good enough for them. You're going to see, I think, a lot more companies start to say, OK, who are your other clients and can we learn from what you've given to them? As part of this, that might be something that we start to see a little bit more, especially for larger name clients who have such arduous vetting processes. You'll start to see a lot more pushback from smaller vendors in that front. Unfortunately, I see this becoming more messy than I see it becoming more clean over the next two to three years. It's definitely going to be more vendor questionnaires, more tools, more vendor questionnaires, and more conversations before it gets to be less conversations and less questionnaires. Yeah, but to your point, if there was that sort of unification, would boy, we would all benefit from the efficiencies of that. But you know, I, I can see why that's a few years away still. Yeah, um, absolutely. So let's okay. Your current role right now, you're managing director of a consulting practice here at K Logics. You know, earlier when we sort of framed the topic, you talked about the three lenses that can be applied to digital supply chain risk management. Talk a little bit about how specifically K-Logics can help with these lenses. Absolutely. And I've been so impressed with the K-Logics team and their ability to just get things done and um, speak with confidence on the issues in front of them. So, you know, even in my short time here, I, you know, I feel very confident that many of the things I'm going to talk about are things that we can deliver extraordinary value on. And, and let's talk about those three lenses, right? The first being, how do we help uh, with understanding your third parties? And the key thing here is many organizations struggle with those questions I asked in the beginning. They don't even know how many third parties they have, nor how to categorize them. And that's something we as a team can definitely help to start with. But then over time, build a strategic framework to analyze, to remediate and monitor over time, right? You want to understand, you want to collect information from them and understand how to assess that through the lens of the regulatory stakeholder requirements and the like, and then take the time to just work with those third parties to improve, right? It's, it can't just be a static process or one-time process. And we can help with helping identify that strategic roadmap, maybe the tooling, arm the teams and help them with that process. So that's on the third parties holistically. But let's step back and take a look at that software, right? The K-Logics team has a phenomenal application pen testing team that can take apart an application and understand what's the challenges within it. What are the dry, what are the what are the ways it's been configured that's going to blow up in your face? And taking apart that aspect and understanding it and giving you that roadmap before the bad thing happens is a critical part of understanding your digital supply chain risk as it relates to the applications your business uses. Finally, for those enterprises that have vast supply chains. We bring a very unique perspective with our understanding of the drivers of the, the marketplace, our understanding of the tools and research that we have here as a, as a team to apply that to your supply chain and understand, hey, where are I having concentrated risk amongst these providers? Where am I having the challenges with potential uh, third parties I work with that are key for my overall uh, flow of product or material. We can take existing assessments, map that back and give you some holistic understanding of where you're going to have some challenges and help you be an advance of these challenges, right? There's a concept about the VDCISO, right? Virtual Digital Supply Chain Information Security Officer. And that's a standard that we can apply here as well too. And we can be helpful in helping organizations just feel better about their digital supply chain, feel like they've got more visibility 
And with visibility comes control, and with control comes action and the ability to reduce risk. And that's something here at Keylogix that our team can absolutely do for anybody who needs it. Awesome. Well, Ryan, I know we're almost out of time, but this has been an incredible 20-minute journey, at least for me, on this topic. And you know, for the listeners out there, if anybody has any further questions, you can reach us directly and, and Ryan directly will, will answer at info at kologicssecurity.com or directly on our LinkedIn or, or Ryan's LinkedIn. Um, and Ryan, you know, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Absolutely. You know, pleasure to have you here. I know this is this is a critical time in InfoSec and, you know, it's important to constantly assess and monitor everybody's digital supply chain. So hearing from you and your expertise to get that perspective, um, you know, has been great. And also keep an eye out for Ryan's blog post on this exact topic that will be on our website next week. And as always, you can hear more about this in all of our podcasts at kologicsecurity.com forward slash podcast. Ryan, pleasure. That was fun. Yeah, same. This has been great. And as uh, Kevin said, if anybody needs me, just reach out. I love talking about this issue, if you can't tell already. This is one of my favorites. So happy to chat further. Great. Thanks, Ryan.